Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and this is episode 78 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Eric Landry edition of the Canadians Connection Podcast. And I'm pleased to be joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, my partner in crime, uh, the wonderful Rick Stevens. Uh, Rick, how are you doing today? Well, good afternoon, sir. I'm doing just fine, uh, doing well, and I uh, hope everyone who's listening is too. Uh, Eric Landry, who, number 78. Eric Landry. Mm-hmm. Who is Eric Landry? Um, <laughs> Eric Landry is was a smallish forward uh, for the Montreal Canadiens who play, basically played one season um, uh, back in 2000 and 2000, 2001 season. And um, uh, after, after a very successful AHL season the year before uh, with the Kentucky Thoroughbreds, mm. the Kentucky Thoroughbreds, do you remember the There's Kentucky a team name. Thoroughbreds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kentucky Thoroughbreds were um, the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. They they played in the league for about in the AHL for about five seasons. Eric Landry was part of them, and they've gone on. Eric, the uh, Kentucky Thoroughbreds. There, there's been a couple of moves. There's been the uh, Cleveland Barons, the Worcestershire, uh, the Worcestershire Sharks, and and now the San Jose Barracuda. But anyway, Eric Landry. Eh, was he much of an NHLer? No, uh, I think he had 65 games or thereabouts in the in the NHL. But he is now presently um, a coach in the queue after being an assistant coach for oh, some wow. time with with Gatineau. He is now, and um, for the last three years, the uh, head coach of Gatineau Olympique. Wow, I mean, just the what a tremendous story of Eric Landry, a guy who just about an hour ago, I only knew as a guy that wore number 78 for the Montreal Canadians and is the only one to do so. But now I know that he's also a coach in the queue, which is an interesting bit of information. So this is what we do here on the Canadians connection podcast. We inform, we engage and we entertain. Uh, there's the informed part. Um, <laughs> and make connections, Connect, the connections, exactly. right? We talk Absolutely. about connections. That's- Exactly. That is that is the very name of this podcast, and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. I neglected to mention that. Uh, <laughs> so, Rick, it is my understanding that I'm being heard loud and clear today, uh, as opposed to the last couple of weeks, which is great. We can connect in that way and host a podcast, which in the current exactly. climate is a little bit more difficult to do because people are doing stuff on the internet. But we're back. We're hearing each other in a in a good way, in a way that is. Uh, loud and clear, and we're here to talk about some hockey, um, What's what, what there is to talk about about hockey, and uh, some other things as well. We're going to get into a topic that we have had on the agenda for a couple of weeks, and we've had to push back for circumstances beyond our control, which is for this season, we're just going to look at it and, and who might potentially take the fall for the shortcomings of the Montreal Canadiens this year. That's going to be up in segment two. We've got a lot more to talk about before we get there. 
um, including for the third week in a row, we have a signing to talk about for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, remember Alex Belzil? Then last week, uh, they, they signed the entry-level deal for Jesse Yelonen, as well as a contract for Gustav Olofsson. And now it's Lauren Dauphin, who, if you remember, uh, was just acquired back on January 7th. Remember January? That was a month. Um, in exchange for Michael McCarron. Um, and in 25 games as a member of the Val Rocket, uh, he has uh, seven goals and eight assists for 15 points. Um, so he has not been around for very long, but they re-upped him for a year on a two-way deal. Uh, what did you make of that signing for Mark Bergevin for the Montreal Canadiens and for the LaBelle Rocket, I guess? Well, uh, Laurent Fan is, is not going to be, he's not, uh, he, he's not going to be, you're not going to be seeing him in the Montreal Canadiens lineup anytime no. soon. He is uh, uh, an AHLer. Now, that said, he was um, a second round pick uh, by the, yeah. uh, the Phoenix, the then Phoenix Coyotes um, yeah. in uh, 2013. Um, but he's with with the absence due to injury of Alex Belzeal, he kind of became a, a real fan favorite in uh, Laval. Um, he's a hard worker. Um, he's uh, he's pretty slow footed. <laughs> His skating leaves a lot to be desired, um, and uh, you know, not the slickest of players. But he's a hard worker. He's a lunch pail type of of player. Uh, that uh, Joel Bouchard loves. Um, he he put Laurent the fan earned or not in in all situations, uh, power play, penalty kill, uh, you name it, and probably playing higher up in the line than than he should have. But um, uh, the kind of of player that fans like, that the head coach likes uh, for his work effort, effort and and. Um, Kind of became, um, you know, uh, the face of the of uh, the rocket uh, with the absence of Belzile. So he comes back for for a year. He has a two way contract. Uh, if he makes it, uh, a, a long shot there in the NHL, he'll get 700k. He gets 175 in the AHL with a guarantee of um, a guaranteed salary of 200,000. So. Um, I, I, it's it's uh it's an expected signing I guess, um and uh, and good for for him um, to get that done uh, so quickly. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Mark Bergevin, Montreal Canadiens organization as a whole, we we have some signings to talk about, which is which is great in this time where there isn't a whole lot of news. We have been getting news in the form of, of those contracts, which uh, at least gives us uh, a semblance of <laughs> of what we used to know uh, in terms of, you know, with a, following a team on a, on a daily basis. But, yeah, so Olofsson One, last week, now Dauphin. Yeah, I'll just add, um, we're getting um, um, kind of a, a steady stream of questions. And, and I should say, if you, if you do have a question, you have a comment, um, you can reach us. Uh, via the via the Rocket Sports text line five eight five three Rocket five eight five three Rocket, um, and um, the most common question there is when is Alexander Romanov going to sign? Uh, speaking of signings, yeah. of course, uh, the soonest he can sign is May first. Uh, now um, it depends. This is going to depend on what happens with the season, and we're going to be talking about that in in a couple of minutes. Here. Uh, but uh, with what we've seen in in these kind of cases is sometimes 
um, the teams per- two kinds of contracts: one if the season resumes, and another if if uh, if it doesn't and and the player is, goes straight into next year. So it's going to be a couple of weeks before we know anything. I I suspect from Alexander Romanov, but uh, just to, just to uh, answer that question that uh, seems yeah. to be coming up constantly. And certainly, I mean, with the the hype that follows Alexander Romanov, it is a is a question worth asking and. Certainly good to know that uh, that is a date to keep in the back of your mind for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but moving on, we also had an interesting um, poll that came to light, and, and it's not entirely different from one that we've already talked about earlier this season with the athletic player poll, but this time it was the NHLPA player poll. Um, and in that poll, the Montreal Canadiens, they got some love from the fellow players, their peers uh, around the NHL. Uh, Carey Price, um, just the, he won game seven goalie in the athletic player poll in this poll, he was voted as the best goaltender by his peers receiving 41.55% of the vote. The next closest goalie was Andre Vasilevsky with 17.09% of the vote. So Carey Price is just sort of in a resounding fashion, uh, winning the best goalie as voted on by the players association. And I think that that is, incredibly high praise for Carey Price. And it also perhaps, and I saw some of the reaction to Carey Price winning it and they would, you know, there are people that were pointing at what his numbers are this season. And I think that this shows that the players, the peers, the guys that Carey Price battles with on a night to night basis know that Carey Price is doing just about as much as he possibly can to mask some of the things that are around him but context means a lot in, in, in things like this. And I think players understand the situation that Carey Price is in right now. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, ninety <laughs> 99% of what you see on Twitter is, is not to be believed. And, and you see how all of these, these folks become amateur statisticians all of a sudden, and they're talking about uh, – they know something very, you know, goals against and save percentage and all that sort of thing. The, their bottom line is, um, uh, and and this wasn't. I, I, we've seen these kinds of questions framed: Who would you love in a game seven? And and Carey Price wins that, uh, no question. But but this question very simple. And again, it was run by the NHLPA. Um, this particular question had more than 500 responses. Yeah, this, this is pretty significant of the seven or eight hundred players um, that are in the league. Um, this question was simple. Who is the best goalie? Who's the best goalie? Um, and it wasn't even close. The second, third and fourth, fourth place um, uh, in that poll uh, don't even add up. Uh, put them all together. They don't even add up to uh, Carey Price. Almost half the league um, are saying Carey Price is is still the best goalie in the league. And uh, were it not for um, shambles on defense, poor um, uh, special teams, no backup, uh, Carey Price, those numbers would would be looking a lot different because still absolutely best goalie in the league, according to his, yeah. um, his, his peers. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that is, that's absolutely fair for Carey Price. I think that he's earned the respect of the players that he plays against on a night-to-night basis. And I think that for Carey Price, this is something that, that he can sort of take away from 
the I don't know how much stock you put into this, but I mean that's something for him. If you know for whatever reason he's ever thinking about what is being said about him, and I don't think he ever really does care about what is being said about him. He's got the respect of his peers, and I think that that's the most important thing. Uh, I think that's what athletes look at as as being the most important thing is what guys, what their teammates think about them, what the what the other players around the league think about them. Um, so that's that's good for Carey Price. Uh, another Montreal Canadian that came first in a vote was Tomas Tatar for best nickname, uh, Tuna, of course. Uh, and he beat out David Pasternak, who is known as Pasta. Um, <laughs> but Tomas Tatar, just like he did in the athletic player poll, picking up the win for uh, best nickname. So uh, I'm sure he's got some bragging rights for that. You, you know, the one I like, the one I like in this poll is uh, the game's best trash talker and, yeah. the game's, <laughs> and the game's worst trash talker. And both won by Brad Marchand. He wins both yeah. best trash talker and worst, uh, apparently for and the I, second yeah. season in a row. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a matter of opinion. Uh, and probably, I guess there might be something to do with the person that's saying the things that he's saying. Uh, being Brad Marchand, he's a very divisive figure. But the uh, the other interesting thing was Nick Cousins was also a part of the worst. He was one of the worst trash talkers, uh, according to that poll as well. <laughs> so former Montreal Canadian Nick Cousins in the mix. Uh, the Canadians won best ice as they have for the last few years. Uh, Yuppie was in the mix for best mascot. Uh, gritty ran away with it, of course. He's, he's gritty. Um, but Yuppie was in the mix. He was down there. He, uh, I think he had just over 2% of the vote, which, I mean, that's, that's great for, <laughs> that's great for fans of Yuppie. Um, and I think we're all fans of Yuppie, but, uh, yeah, so that was the NHLPA player poll and, and some really interesting things come out of that. Um, but Rick, I guess we'll have to, uh, shift gears to something that's a little not that easy to talk about. And we, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks and it still hasn't gotten any easier and that is the coronavirus, COVID-19. And this week we had some more announcements that came out. And the Ottawa Senators, um, they have been just um, just completely decimated by the coronavirus. They, have, they had uh, four additional members of the Ottawa Senators that have tested positive for COVID-19, bringing their total up to six. And, that in, and, and also, I think it's worth mentioning, Gord Wilson, a broadcaster, color commentator, that covers the Ottawa Centers also tested positive for COVID-19. We mentioned that last week. Not sure if it was if, if it was heard clearly, but that was also something I think uh, worth mentioning about the Ottawa Senators. So they have they've just not had a a good go of it with the coronavirus. Uh, luckily, uh, it did. They did say that the the parties that had tested positive earlier have seemed to you know um, overcome it a little bit or coming out the other side okay. So that's good. But uh, yeah, six total players now in the Ottawa Senators or not players, members of the organization uh, who have tested positive. Yeah. And, and I think that's key is, is members of the organization. They said that, that all the, all the members of the organization who have tested positive were on that California road trip, which seems to be um, how it was contracted, but it also points to, um, the long, the rather lengthy incubation period uh, for this virus, uh, and that that uh, people can have it uh, without symptoms, and it takes a while for those to manifest. So, um, uh, you know, I, again, it's it's just so important to um, 
even if you don't have symptoms, it's important to stay home. It's important to uh, keep yourself isolated and, um, and, and we wish well to, um, to the members of the senators. And, and also we talked about the Colorado, Colorado avalanche yes. uh, and yep. any of the NHL family, uh, the broadcasters include uh, that have uh, been stricken by the, uh, this virus. Absolutely. I'm just thinking of everyone right now and, uh, and those on the front lines that are doing what they can um, everyone involved in this, um, just thinking of, of everybody, but Rick, so, you know, we're going to talk about when professional sports might be back because I mean, that's, that's a question on the minds of, of every, it might not be the primary question, but it is a question that's on the minds of a lot of people that, you know, tune into sports as an escape in their life. Um, so I guess, with with the NBA, it seems as though they have reportedly, according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN, they are looking at a possibility of just shutting down this season, not crowning a champion, just shut it down and come back. Hopefully, whatever we we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so we don't know what's going to happen in October. Hopefully, be back in time to start the next regular season on time and and not you know sort of. Uh, you know, uh, just not extend this to a point where it doesn't need to get to. So they are looking at that. Other sporting leagues, it seems as though the NBA was the one that set the sort of standard of what what the leagues were going to do after they canceled their season. Of course, they had to do it because a player contracted the virus. Um, But after they did that, the next day, everything else was, was shut down. So they were the ones that sort of set the trend on this that, that, you know, said what was going to be happening. Um, So once this is out there that they are reportedly looking at this sort of Avenue to just cancel the season, you'd have to think that other leagues are going to follow in the, in in their footsteps. Yeah, it's um, you know, you look at the calendar and it's, it's, it's something that, that I'm asked every day. It's something you see fans asking on social media and you look at the calendar uh, Saturday night, Saturday, April 4th, um, to be the final regular season game for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they yeah. were to be um, in Toronto tonight uh, to play the last, uh, the last game. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, for fans, it's becoming quite um, difficult to, to, uh, to think that, that, that this may happen. This, the, the, Completion of the season. I know the um, the NHL has said, Bill Daly has said, it's it's uh, would like to finish the season. They want to award the Stanley Cup, but the window is closing rapidly. Um, yeah, and we know that that um, you know uh, as of noon uh, today, um, the uh, all of the major league sports commissioners uh, were having a conference call with President Donald Trump. Um, to discuss uh, a number of things, I guess, and and we'll you know we'll probably get uh, news about this uh, as we go off the air. But um, um, they're all having to 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 deal with this. And and uh, last week we we talked about um, an ESPN analyst that it seemed like it was almost out of the blue that he said he didn't expect the NFL to, to play this season. He didn't expect college football to play. Um, I read an article by Yvonne Pedno in Le Journal de Montréal this week, and he was referencing a, 
a report about uh, that it would take the NHL two years to get back to normal. Um, wow. And and um, then then there was um, uh, the NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills, that um, uh, said that that he said, as long as we're still in a place where the, a single ind- individual test can test positive for a virus, and then you have to quarantine every single person who is in contact with them in any shape or form, I don't think you can think about reopening a team sport. Um, that's the chief medical officer for the, the NFL. Um, and, and I know the NFL's kind of um, dragged their heels a bit. They were uh, up until say a week ago. Um, Goodell was, was saying that the draft would still go on maybe without the events, but it would still go on as usual. Um, and uh, now that has, that has kind of unraveled and that has changed. And the report today is that um, they're going to do the draft. The NFL draft is April 23rd to 25th. Uh, they're going to do it virtually and, and not at their team facilities, um, but they'll do it from home. Um, and, and that's not final. That's, that's just what's being discussed. Um, and, the NHL is, is, is reportedly Pierre Lebrun reported that the, the NHL is watching what the NFL is doing. Um, and, uh, they're undoubtedly, we, we talked about the, the, uh, NHL 2020 draft, uh, that was scheduled for Montreal being, um, postponed. And, uh, it looks like the NHL is going to do a virtual draft as well. Um, but this is all kind of unfolding. And, and the difficulty is I know that, that uh, fans that are, are excited to, to get back, but you don't just snap your fingers. Um, the coronavirus is over and you get back to what it was. Yeah. Um, you, you just don't. Um, and, and I think that's what, what uh, Dr. Alan Sills is saying. Um, as long as there's the possibility of one player infecting another and having to shut that down. I mean, the NBA was talking about um, picking a city, probably a neutral city and putting teams there and, and housing them all together. And I mean, trying to create this bubble um, and, and run things without fans, you know, could you do that in the NHL? Could you, I don't know. Um, And, and, you know, um, Yvonne Pedna was saying, "How are how this comes back, and where are fans going to get the money? Where, where do they have disposable income right now? With so many out of work, with so many um, having to spend the money just to survive, are they going to have disposable income to spend on NHL tickets? Are sponsors yeah. whose businesses have been devastated, are they going to have advertising dollars?" And even I, I know we think of of uh, sports owners as being all billionaires, but that's not true. There are some some franchises that lose money. Um, yeah. And is there going to have to be some sort of support plan for the smaller markets? Uh, all of this is is up in the air now, and the coronavirus doesn't go away until there's a vaccine. And we know that that and and this was. Uh, 
the, the medical officer for the NFL referenced this. We know that a vaccine is 18 to 24 months away. Um, and then there's, you know, it has to be administered and then 78 weeks before it's, it's effective. Um, do we have to wait till then for it's safe to, to resume sports as we know it? Um, yeah. All of these things are up in the air. And I think, I think uh, some of that was being discussed uh, today during the conference call. And, and it's going to be, I think, whatever goes forward is going to be kind of a, um, a combined effort between all the major sports leagues. Um, but it's just, I think, I think that, um, that fans are, are, kind of not wanting to think about it, not wanting to yeah. to imagine uh, that their sports won't be the same. Because as you said, they're, they're a bit of an escape. Um, but these are the kinds of things I think we're all going to have to start thinking about and, and all start wondering what's it going to look like and planning uh, for the way we cover sports, the way we enjoy sports. Uh, I think all that's about to change probably more than, than we're willing to accept right now. Yeah. And one thing that I saw this week that I thought was that was really interesting and it, it sort of it, it sort of applies here, though there are more elements at play when it comes to professional sports. He was speaking about it generally, but Rick Mercer was saying that we have to stop trying to find loopholes because the virus will get through those holes. They will get through. We have to do everything that we can to try to get back to what we knew before. But we're not at that point yet because there still hasn't been. There's still that period of time where they need to figure out what, what exactly is going on. They need to get the vaccine, and that could take a long time. So I think there's going to be a period where we get back to something that resembles normal, and then there's going to be getting back to normal. And how long that takes, is, I, I think, is anyone's guess. But it's, it's not going to be tomorrow, and it's not going to be two months from now. It's going to be a while before we get back to the normal, what we had before, <laughs> So, and I think professional sports is a risk at this point to, to have all of those, you know, all of those people in contact all the time. It just, it, it's, it's dangerous. And I think that it, it just needs to, we need to let this run its course regardless of, of how long it takes. And I understand that there are elements in, in, at play here that, that, you know, go beyond just, you know, there's, there's money and there's all of that stuff, but we need to make sure that we, we get this taken care of in, in an appropriate way and, and put in the measures in place that, we can, we can do that. So um, of course, this is a question, like I said, that is, that is on the mind of a lot of people. It's not the primary question because there's, there's too much going on right now to be strictly worried about, you know, when professional sports is going to start back up again, but it is a a question that, that we are certainly wondering. Um, And Rick, once we get to that point, uh, just a brief mention, there's been a lot of talk about what it might look like if the NHL is, to resume play at any point in the next couple of months, um, you know, talking about maybe a 24 team playoff. Uh, PK Subban mentioned that everyone just get in and, and just have have a go at the Stanley Cup, which I'm sure he would he would like being a member of the New Jersey Devils, the the lowly New Jersey Devils. But uh, yeah, so just suggestions like that that I think have been very interesting, and there's been so many of them. It's it's been hard to keep track of which who's coming, who's saying what, and, and what the, the, uh, the idea is. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting to, to think about what it might look like if we are going to be getting back there quicker than we anticipate, but that doesn't seem likely. 
Yeah, I, and and many of these suggestions are just fanciful and and uh, yeah. and you know thought he'd throw his hat in, give his two cents. Um, and I thought <laughs> typical PK Subban fashion, he said, you know, it was unfortunate that uh, the season ended when it was because the Devils were going to make a push for the playoffs, and and that's why he feels all 31 teams should have a chance. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's uh it's amusing but but i mean this is this is a this is deadly serious and and yes. um and i think um you know moving into to to the next uh, uh piece we have here uh you mentioned rick mercer and said uh talked about people looking for loopholes well the coronavirus doesn't respect uh loopholes it doesn't respect no. uh people's ways around it and and None other than Ken Dryden put it very eloquently. Um, yeah. And he uh, released a poem this past week. Um, and as you, when I sent it to you, you wrote back, why is he so good at everything? Uh, which is, <laughs> which is, is perfect. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, before we go to break, <laughs> let me just read uh, Ken yeah. Dryden's poem. I wish, I wish we had a recording of his, uh, oh, his that was voice saying this. Uh, But here it is. Yeah, here it is. Uh, For all of us who don't know, we can read what we want to read, believe what we want to believe, hope what we want to hope, say what we want to say, eloquently, beautifully, compellingly, persuasively. Presidents, prime ministers, dictators, we can blog, tweet, proclaim, reach thousands and millions. We can want what we want and do what we want. COVID-19 is not impressed. What can't he do? (laughs) What can't Ken Dryden do? That is, I don't think you could have put that better if you tried. Um, It's, yeah, it's it's perfect. Um, And before we go to break, that's, that'd be a great way to send us to break. But before we do that, here's a word from Canadians captain Shea Weber. Hello. I'm Shea Weber, captain of the Montreal Canadiens, and this is a message from the government of Quebec to tell you about some measures you can take to help you get through this COVID-19 outbreak. It is very important for everyone to protect themselves against the virus. How can you do that? With simple measures such as washing your hands often and coughing into your elbow. It's also essential to stay home, especially if you're not feeling well. Please don't leave home unless it's for a doctor's appointment or to go get some fresh air. Daily necessities such as groceries and medications can be delivered to your door. And if you're feeling alone or isolated, we encourage you to contact your friends or loved ones by phones or by the internet. You can get more information on the website, Quebec.ca. Again, this message comes from the government of Quebec in the hope of keeping you safe and helping to slow the spread of this virus. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, 
with web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeWayland19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so, Rick, we're going to have a conversation here. As I said, we've been sort of uh, pushing it back because of circumstances beyond our control. But this week, we actually got a really interesting, uh, some interesting comments from Brian Burke on Mark Bergevin and the job that he has done as general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, that is, is a really interesting lead into this larger conversation that we are going to have about the Montreal Canadiens and, and the season that they have had. And, and, and wonder, I guess, if anybody is going to take the fall for the shortcomings of this team this season. So before we play the clips from Brian Burke, um, I, I guess I'll ask you, um, what did you think about before we get to actually playing them, what did you think of Brian Burke making the comments that he did to sort of lead into what we are about to hear? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably uh, talk specifically about the clips as we play them, but in general, I think, you know, um, each of these, each of uh, the networks are looking uh, to create content. <laughs> We've <Yeah>. seen some <laughs> odd ways of, of, of uh, content creation and, and the Zoom conference calls. And we had uh, Zdeno Chera and, and uh, David Pasternak talking about uh, Tuka yeah. Rask and, and his yeah. flatulence problem. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's been all kinds. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not comparing that to to Brian Burke. I mean, he usually has, uh, often has some insightful things to say, but I think he, he's all, we know he's provocative. He, he says yeah. things that are provocative. And, and I think here he was kind of, uh, uh, provoking, uh, some, some comment and, you know, the, it's well known for Sportsnet or TSN or whatever, that if you talk about the Montreal Canadians or you talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, that um, fans are going to react uh, disproportionately yeah. so, uh, you know, to other Canadian teams. So 
um, did he, did was was that in his mind? Well, perhaps. Uh, yeah. But some of the things he said are kind of right on, and other things he said are kind of uh, maybe provocative. Yeah. So we'll start off with the one that I think is the most interesting, where he talks about Mark Bergevin's record as it pertains to making trades. Um, the other thing about Mark Bergevin is he's taken a lot of heat, but if you look at his record on trades, he, he's like a savant. Like if you break his trades down one by one, he, he's been unbelievable how, he, how he's kicked asses on some of the jams around the league with the trades he's made. So he definitely deserves to stay and, and sort this out. I love the draft picks piled up. Same with Ottawa. They had a pile of draft picks. And I think he can fix this. Now, savant is a very, very uh, interesting choice of words there from Brian Burke. Uh, very high praise, of course. But, I, but I did you see the movie if, Rain Man? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. Uh, well, <laughs> not a movie guy. But. A, a savant, a, a savant is used there as well, and yeah. uh, with Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's you can take you, you can create your own insults out of that for Mark Berger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting because you know when you do look at the trades that Mark Bergevin has made, yeah, listen, there's some there's some good ones in there. I'm not going to dispute that. And I think specifically earlier in his in his tenure, I think he made some really nice under the radar moves. Rafael Diaz for Dale Weiss comes to mind on that 2014 playoff run. Dale Weiss had some really nice contributions. But when you look at the bigger scale moves that he's made, I think that you can really only point to four that are major major moves. That's Subban for Weber, Sergachev for Drewan, Galchenyuk for Domi, and then Max Pacioretty for Tatar and Nick Suzuki. I think that those are the four trades that when you look at the tenure of Mark Bergevin are the ones that will define his legacy. And of course, you can look at the other moves that he's made. But I mean, when you're doing that, I think you're, you're just sort of, you're not really looking at the, the big issue here. And that is that he has not really added to the team He's just sort of shifted things around a little bit. And that, I think, is probably where most fans would take umbrage with the comments that Mark Berge- that uh, Brian Burke made about Mark Bergevin. Uh, do you think that that is a fair assessment? He has ge- essentially uh, spent a long time moving around the deck chairs um, yeah. <laughs> and creating a lot of noise, but, but nothing much more. He's been, when you look at it, one of the more active GMs with um, very close to a hundred trades in his, in his 10 years, almost, almost eight years. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, But if you, if you look back, um, you know, Brian Burke says, break down trades one by one and, and, and see that, that he's won the trade or uh, more than he's lost. Well, maybe that's true. Uh, so, okay, we'll look at this trade and we'll give him a gold star or, or a, you know, you get out your red pen and X that one through. But that's not how you build a team. It's no. not how you build a team. <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking puzzle pieces and putting something together. And we know that the only success that, that um, Mark Bergevin has had in his tenure is the roster that he inherited. Um, yeah. When he's got to his tinkering, it's been a mess. There's been no success whatsoever. The team that he said, this is my ideal team, performed the worst. Um, yeah. It, it's, it, we look at, at not individual trades. We look at what was the, the issue when Mark Bergevin arrived? What was the major issue? No 
first-line center. What's the issue now, eight years later? No first-line center. And he's also, during his tenure, created another giant hole, and that's no top-pair left defenseman. Um, That wasn't an issue when he came. That was an issue he he created by a horrible trade. And I think you're right that, that there are... Um, uh, trades that that will define his legacy. Um, we're going to uh, differ a little bit on which those which trades those are, um, but I think there's no question that that uh, Weber for Subban uh, or Subban for Weber um, is one of those trades, and that was yeah. uh, at the draft in 2016. Um, and and I don't. Are there still, uh, yes, there are still Subinator, <laughs> Subinistas, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, uh, Brendan Kelly being one. Uh, but but yeah. there's very few who look at that objectively and say, the Canadians won that hands down easily, easily uh, with Shea Weber. Um, give him credit there. Give, uh, give uh, Mark Bergevin credit. That would be Absolutely. one of his positive uh, legacies, uh, self-defining trades. Um, I think it's, it's interesting because in, in, in the span of a year um, between uh, June 24th, 2016 and June 15th, 2017 are the, for me, the three uh, trades that will define his legacy. The one that he made just before the Subban Weber trade um, was trading for um, uh, Andrew Shaw. Yeah. And he traded two second round picks. Those two second round picks talked to Trevor Timmons, who those would have been Alex Debrinkat and Samuel Girard. Uh, yeah. Samuel Girard and Alex Debrinkat for Andrew Shaw. I understand that, that uh, Andrew Shaw was a, a, a popular player. He was a fan favorite in Montreal, just as Dale Weiss was for a time. What impact did he have? It, did he have the same impact that Alex Debrinkat and Samuel Girard would have right now? No, of course not. No. That was a terrible yeah. trade, a terrible trade. Uh, the the worst trade that that uh, Mark Bergevin has made, um, and this for me is is right there in the Ryan McDonough for Scott Gomez. Um, worst one of the worst trades in Canadians history, Mikhail Sergachev for Jonathan Drouin. Uh, in yeah. two, 2017, it's been a disaster. Uh, Jonathan Drouin hasn't been anywhere near what he was uh, um, billed to be. And Mikhail Sergachev, uh, that's that lefty um, uh, hole that was created. Um, and in addition, not having any kind of reliable backup goaltender, um, you know, no top pair left defenseman, no first line center. Those are the things that that have been part of of uh, Mark Bergevin's legacy. And 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 you know, let's let's. I, I look at his first trade, Brendan Nash to uh, the Florida Panthers for Jason DeSantis. That was Mark Bergevin's very first trade. Wow. That was probably very similar to the vast majority of his trades. Yeah. In, in, in what I'm saying, inconsequential, completely inconsequential. Yeah. Danny still for Christian Thomas. What did that do for the organization? Nothing. Then mm. Christian Thomas was flipped for, for Lucas Lestio. Typical trade. 
Yuri Seacash for for Seacash for Devon Devonte Smith Pelly, then Devonte Smith Pelly for Stefan Matteau. What did that do for the organization? Nothing. Zach Cassian yeah. for Ben Scrivens. Nothing. Danny Briere for P.A. Parento. I mean, <laughs> so okay, so you look at these trades. Rico for Hunter Shinkarik. What was yeah. that? <laughs> okay, so, so I will I will say Renat Valiev and Matt Teramina. I like Matt Teramina. Uh, to yeah. Calgary for Brent Kulak. Was that a win? Yeah, probably. But who cares? It doesn't make it's, So Brian yeah. Burke, yes. Brian Burke, get out your gold star. Um, Michael Chaput for Jordan Wheel. Was that a, a win? Maybe. Okay, <laughs> let's, give, let's give Bergevin a gold star there, according to Brian Burke. But what, what has it meant to the Montreal Canadiens? Nothing. They're yeah. still missing the playoffs. Four to five years, missing the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, yes, we can go through individually trades one by one, but that's not a GM, how a GM makes, builds a team. And we also know that combined with his ability, his inability to sign free agents um, and to trade away draft picks has really cost and his inability to draft or to develop draft picks has really hurt the team. So there's more to a GM than just getting a gold star for one specific uh, trade. Yeah. And, and, and this is a, to follow up on that clip of Brian Burke that we just, that we just played. I'm going to play one where he talks about two guys that Mark Bergevin's acquired that he likes. Now, is there a lot to like? Yeah. There are guys that had, I thought really good years. Uh, I'm a big Domi fan. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign him or not. I thought Armia really came through for them. Okay, so um, there's a clip from Brian Burke talking about Max Domi and Yoel Armia. And, and you've talked about the Armia trade as being one that people point to as, oh, Mark Bergevin made a really nice trade there. But there's, there's always there's a bit of a caveat with that one, and, and you've talked about it in the form of, of Steve Mason, who the Montreal Canadiens bought out because that was a contract that the Winnipeg Jets did not want. It was a contract that obviously the Montreal Canadiens with Mason's career sort of uh, not looking as though it was going to resume at any point. It was one that they did not want, but they got Yoel Armia out of it. And of course, uh, one of the trades that I think, I mean, when you think of the trades that Mark Bergevin has made, you just listed off a lot of ones that were inconsequential. One of the ones that wasn't was trading away Galchenyuk and getting Max Domi. That those two ones in particular, I think, yeah, you can look at those as being trades that Montreal came out of looking pretty good. But even then, those are two deals that are in amongst a long list of trades that have really done nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. And in with respect to Max Domi, I, I don't know if – I still don't know if it isn't anything more than a lateral move for, with, with two young players that were just entering sort of, you know, important parts of their careers – I really don't know if it's anything more than that. I understand he had 70 points last year, but Max Domi for a large portion of this season did not look very good. So I, I don't know what exactly Max Domi is. And if that's any different from a lot of the trades that we've seen uh, Mark Bergevin make. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that was a uh, trade where, where both players were struggling with their organizations and, and needed a new start. And, and, um, you know, 
I'll, I'll disagree pr- pretty strongly with Brian Burke um, on this yeah. one. Max Domi did not have a good season. Yol Armia, yes, he had a he had a great he had a very good season, and he he had some inconsistency problems. Started out great, and some inconsistency problems, but um, he's been he's been very good. But uh, Max Domi had a terrible season, or maybe Max Domi had uh, a fallback to earth season. And and yeah. he, and we've talking about we've talked about this. You've made this point strongly. That's what he is. What he was in Arizona, that's what he is. Last year was an anomaly, um, kind of falling back to earth, but that's what, you're, what you should be expecting from him, a 50 to 60 player, not a 70-point player um, at all. And, and we saw you know, him getting in the, the doghouse, he going for really long stretches, really long droughts uh, without contributing, uh, getting in the doghouse with respect to penalties, uh, pouting when he was asked to move to the wing. Um, so, uh, yeah, where, where, where I, uh, you know, differ with people is when they talk about trades being a steal. Yol Armia was a steal. No, both tra- both teams got what they want wanted. Um, Winnipeg solved their cap situation by, uh, the, and the Canadians had to buy out uh, Mason and, and have him on their cap for a couple of seasons. Um, uh, the same thing goes with the, the, the Vegas trade, Max Pacioretty. Vegas yeah. is thrilled. Um, the Canadians yeah. are happy with Suzuki and Tatar. Um, Vegas is thrilled. They got exactly what they wanted in, in Max Pacioretty, um, an impact player for them who had a very good season. Um, so in that case, again, not a, not a steal. Both teams got what they wanted. Um, and, and so that is a, a successful trade for, for Mark Bergevin, but we're still waiting for that impact player. We're still waiting for um, a top line uh, center. We're still waiting for uh, a first pairing left defenseman, and we're still waiting for an adequate, uh, reliable backup goaltender. Yeah. And those are all things. I mean, there's another clip we're going to play where, where Brian Burke talks about that. There just isn't enough on this team, but to go back to your point about Max Domi, because you mentioned that, there's a, there's a quote from Dwayne Casey, a former Raptors head coach, where he talks about a guy that told on himself, that he, he told on himself. He has this within himself, but he is not able to channel it in a way on a consistent basis. And I think that that is a perfect way to describe what Max Domi is, because I think that Max Domi is skilled. I, there's no doubt about that. He is a good hockey player. And last year, he's got 70 points. Yeah, he had a great year last year. He told on himself because he has that within himself, but the ability to channel that, that is what makes a great player. And that is what Max Domi does not have within himself. The ability to channel that and, and do it on a consistent basis and not get sidetracked by taking stupid penalties and trying to fight guys and sucker punching Aaron Ekblad in the face in a preseason game for no reason. Those are the things that Max Domi does on a consistent basis that make it very, very difficult to believe that he is able to be the guy that he was last year. And that's why I think he's more like the guy that he was in Arizona. Um, but when we talk about the Montreal Canadiens, and Brian Burke is going to make a point here, we're going to play this clip. It's just clear, as you pointed out, all that they have, all that they need, they just do not have enough. To me, <laughs> there's not enough top-end forwards. There's not enough secondary scoring. There's not enough size. There's not enough goaltending. There's not enough special teams. There wasn't enough health. Just not enough. 
not only to not be elite like Justin says, but to make the playoffs. And I think that that was, that's something that we can, I think the reasons that he gave, I mean, injuries, I don't know if we, we've talked about that there have been teams that have been far more depleted by injuries than the Montreal Canadiens. And if it only takes three injuries for you to become a depleted roster, well, it's pretty clear that that wasn't a very well-constructed roster. But I think we can all agree that the Montreal Canadiens do not have enough top-end scoring. They do not have a left-handed puck-moving defenseman that has probably needed to be on Mark Bergevin's shopping list for a good while now. So I think that that is one clip, when, as opposed to maybe the one where he talked about Mark Bergevin kicking ass in trades. I think that that is the clip that we can, we can agree with. Is it not? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think, you know, with respect to the injuries, um, I, th- I think Brian Burke doesn't follow the, the Canadians yeah. <laughs> closely enough to know whether that's a, an issue. He's heard Mark Bergevin say it's an issue. Um, you know, you, you analyze that in terms of man game. The Canadians are right in the middle of the pack, uh, 15th, 16th, in terms of man games lost. When you look at the quality of the play, um, lost, um, they're right again in the middle of the pack. So uh, injuries are, are, are a bogus uh, excuse, uh, but not enough uh, top end, especially impact kind of players. Yeah. That gets back to uh, no first line center. The other thing where we were talking in the off season about uh, Bergevin bringing in a, um, you know, a, a scoring winger, that didn't happen. Um, he, he made not enough secondary offense. Yeah, I, I think when you look at this, the roster, um, all of the depth is in the, the fourth line players. All of the depth is in the seventh, eighth defenseman. There, there isn't a lot of, of, um, of depth to be able to get that kind of uh, secondary scoring offense. Special teams were poor. We know that, uh, especially at home. Um, Brian Burke likes size, so he's saying there's not enough size. When he talks about goaltending, that's got to mean uh, backup goaltending and the effect that that had in Carey Price having to play far too many games. Um, yeah. He says that there's a lot to learn. There is, uh, but it's been um, um, Mark Bergevin has had eight years, and uh, yes, he's going to get another chance. Um, and he's really benefited from uh, Shane Churla and, and Trevor Timmons and, and um, bringing in a lot of talent. And he's going to have to rely on that again, as Brian Burke said uh, in the clip, um, 14 picks in, in the upcoming draft. And, and uh, um, not the best uh, prospect pool, but, uh, you know, um, say top 10, top five in the league. Yeah. Another thing that Brian Burke, Brian Burke had a lot of high praise for Mark Bergevin this week because he also said that uh, Mark Berger, Brian Burke said that Mark Bergevin was the funniest player that he ever had on, on one of his teams. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's cool, though, because when you look at that, he was making his peers laugh then, and then he's also making his peers laugh with things like that offer sheet on Sebastian Ajo last <laughs> summer. So, I mean, he's just continued to do what he does, and that is um, make people laugh. Um <laughs> So um, I guess we'll have a, a brief conversation then. With that all being said, who's going to take the fall for this season if there's going to be a guy? Because I'm thinking back, when I think about this season, I think back to a couple of years ago when the Montreal Canadiens fired Sylvain Lefebvre as sort of this 
this, okay, here's our sacrificial lamb. This is somebody that has been in the organization for a long time that we are firing because we had a terrible season and we want to make sure that you guys have this symbolic, this, this symbolic gesture that you can point to as being, okay, that was the problem last year. That's what's been going on for too long. And no, that, that, that wasn't the case. So who might the candidates be if they go down a similar path again? Because we know Mark Bergeron's coming back. We know Claude Julian's coming back. So is it going to be a guy like maybe Kirk Muller or Trevor Timmons who, who might take the fall, even though those guys have, have done what they are supposed to do? Well, there's um... – in, in the, if you listen to the French media and, and um, you know, those are the names that come up, uh, Muller and Timmons, uh, for obvious reasons, they, they don't fit the, the mold that the French yeah. media wants. Um, and it's silly. It's, it's really silly. Um, you know, Dom Ducharme, I think everybody is, is, um, is uh, in agreement that um, he's very inexperienced. He has the least responsibility out of the group of coaches uh, and is probably not ready for a bump up to uh, the associate level and, and, and certainly not a head coaching position. Kirk Muller is, is the glue um, that keeps that, that locker room together. I mean, he's been both a, uh, a head coach in the AHL and NHL already has been an associate coach in Montreal since 2016. And, and he's the intermediary. He's the juror gallant that, that provides that communication link. And we hear over and over and over and over again from, from current players and, and uh, past players that uh, uh, Claude Julian is a terrible communicator. Um, and uh, it's, it's Kirk Muller who is there um that's that's talking especially the younger players especially the pro- yeah. the prospects he's the one there that's uh that they that they go to and and who they often mention as as the uh the the, the guy on the coaching staff that they trust uh timmons is is one of the most ex- respected talent evaluators um around the league uh he would be a gm already um if he was out of Montreal, um, you know, his, his difficulty that where, where he's, um, had, had struggles, if you wish, uh, is when he's had a reduced number of picks. Now, obviously, um, making draft choices is not a science. And, and so the more that you have, um, the more uh, success you can, you can, you can have. And, and when your GM is trading away all the draft picks, uh, or if you're handcuffed by a controlling directive from the GM and the owner, and we think of of uh, Louis LeBlanc, we think of we think of a number of uh, the Michael McCarron, we think of yeah. uh, Fukali. All of those are controlling directives where either the owner or the GM said, "Pick this, pick the quality, this player," uh, and and those are the the most often uh, the. They were not Trevor Timmons' uh, picks. Uh, we know that that um, the Canadians have struggled, particularly um, not so much in the development, but in the transition to the NHL, and that's that sh- that should be uh, blamed on the the head coach, whether it was Terry or Julian at the time, in the fact that the prospects don't always um, uh, reach their potential. Let's say. 
Uh, yeah. So all of this talk about Timmins is 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 rather silly. I've, I've gone through and, and and maybe we don't have time today, but um, if you go through uh, the kinds of picks uh, over the years that Timmins been has been around, um, he's 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 been remarkable as far as yeah. And 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 has a, a objectively has a an excellent record um, in in. Um, in the success of, of the draft picks. And, you know, I, I'm going to get to Trevor Timmons in just a moment, but just to go back to Kirk Muller, and you'd mentioned the, the connection that he has with young players. I remember back to that captain's night in December when Yasperi Kotkaniemi wore Kirk Muller's jersey for warm-ups. And, you know, when you heard Kirk Muller talk about that, like, he, he, was, he was very flattered. Like, he's got relationships with these young players that I think if you let, you know, if you let Kirk Muller go, you're going to alienate a large group of that locker room, specifically the young players who have looked up to Kirk, who have, you know, have known in their NHL experience that that is the guy that they can go and talk to when, you know, Claude Julian is not exactly known for his communication skills. But for Trevor Timmons, I have long held the belief that if there were no GM to mess up with what Trevor Timmons has wanted to has, has the, the draft picks that he has made over his time. If there were no GM to mess with any of that, the Montreal Canadians would have won a Stanley cup by now. I, I have believed that for a very, very long time. When you look at Ryan McDonough, when you look at the fact that you could have had a pair of McDonough and PK Subban in the early parts of their careers where, you know, they were, uh, they were, you know, looking like top two defensive, those guys would have been, a fantastic pair if we got to see them, but we didn't get to see them. And then you have Max Pacioretty and you have Carey Price and you just have a lot, you have a core group there of guys that, I mean, I think that, that I personally believe if they got to that point and if Kirk and if uh, Trevor Timmons had, you know, the directive to go and choose the guys that he wanted to choose every single year, then the Montreal Canadiens would be in a position where they might be contending at the very least. I won't say that I, I think that they would have won a Stanley Cup, but at least in contention on a year-in, year-out basis. But, yeah, here we are. Well, uh, j- just to support you there, and uh, it's, it's not a crazy idea at all, because you look at one and, it's, and one player doesn't, doesn't change things, or do they? Um, you look at that pick of Louis LeBlanc, which Trevor Timmons didn't yeah. want to have any part of. That was the 2009 <laughs> draft in Montreal. The last time the draft was held in Montreal, Jeff Molson had just purchased the team. He wanted to make a big splash. He wanted the the local French Canadian hero to take in. He wanted to hear that thunderous applause in the Bell Center um, for the local guy. He didn't want another American taken. In Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider's taken there instead of Louis LeBlanc. Louis LeBlanc was a bust. His work ethic was terrible. Um, yeah. But Chris Kreider's taken. Well, then you don't have Chris Kreider taking out um, yeah. Terry Price. And, and the Canadians were, would have obviously, I think, moved on and uh, with a chance for the, the Stanley Cup. That one pick, um, if Trevor Timmons had his way, uh, buttresses the point that, that we're making uh, right here. Yeah, well, it will uh, be interesting to see if the Montreal Canadiens have a fall guy for this season. And, I mean, Mark Bergevin has also talked about the possibility of 
making a move, like maybe a forward for a defenseman. So it could come in the form of, of that as being the, you know, the thing that sort of is a symbolic move for them, for the fan base to sort of latch onto. But I don't think it would be anything significant. Uh, you know, when you look at the forward group for the Montreal Canadiens, I don't think it would be anything that the fans would be too enthused about, regardless of who was coming back the other way. Um, so I, I think that, they they might be you know in a position where they they might have to they were they believe that they have to do something not necessarily that those guys deserve to be fired and you don't want to see anyone get fired but in the circumstances that the Montreal Canadiens obviously they have not had the season that they wanted to have then maybe they think that firing one of those two guys is the move that that salvages this but that remains to be seen um so you know what I guess, happened yeah you know what might yeah. happen is um, uh, maybe everyone will be spared. Maybe maybe yeah. um, the season is blamed on, say, injuries and, and um, the coronavirus, and yeah. everybody forgets about it, and, um, and everybody gets a pass. Maybe that's what, what happens when this all uh, – and, and in that way, um, the, the season will be kind of a write-off because – because the season didn't end. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe Mark Bergevin is bailed out from making a difficult decision that way. That's true. That could also be a possibility. So we'll wait and see what happens uh, this off season. And I mean, I guess it's, it's going to be an interesting off season because as we've, we've known where there's not going to be anything much going on in terms of sporting events throughout the summer. And still some level of uncertainty as to when, you know, everything is going to be, okay to continue life as we knew it so we'll have to wait and see how everything progresses uh, over the next couple of months but rick we're going to take a quick break when we come back we will uh, talk about well we'll wrap this thing up and uh, get ready for next week the canadians connection is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
for the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Rick, one thing that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is without, you know, professional sports happening every night and being able to tune in at 7 Eastern and watch something on television, we have, we've needed to develop some, specifically me, I think that you've, you've been functioning <laughs> as, a, as a normal human being and you kind of know what you're doing uh, for me. Uh, I have I have still yet to develop the the hobby that you know, like I've I've I don't know I've I, I used to play piano when I was younger so I've been just sort of tinkering around trying to you know take that back up just to feel as though I've I'm occupying or doing something productive I've started exercising a little bit more just because I felt you know if, if I'm at home all the time and I'm not doing anything then I'm not really being productive so I need to do something but really. The only thing that I've been doing is sitting around and watching old NHL games like the Leafs versus the Senators from 2004 or, you know, other, you know, other ones that have been on television, other old basketball, old baseball, anything really to just sort of feel like this is normal and that I'm watching sports as I am used to doing. Uh, but Rick, I mean, what's, what's been the, what's an update from your life? I understand that you were, you know, you were doing a little bit of, uh, you know, gardening a little bit on the inside, but, but what have you been up to? Uh, starting some seeds, yeah, for uh, yeah. growing food. Yeah. It's, uh, growing food's important. Um, so yeah. uh, there's there's going to be a few more vegetables in the garden this this summer, and um, and and that occupies some time. Um, uh, like um, I think most of the planet, uh, I've uh, turned to Netflix and and uh, yeah. just finished. Uh, the Tiger King, uh, which oh. is absolutely <laughs> bizarre, bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Joe Exotic and and all the crew. Uh, and uh, no spoilers for those of you that uh, aren't through it. Yeah. Uh, many of the NHLers um, have, are watching it or have watched it and are talking about it. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned. It's something I didn't know that we had in common that that ah. we both can play the piano. Um, I also well, play saxophone. I, I, I didn't and, say I and, could play it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I could play. I said I was trying to, but I, I used to be able to. <laughs> but but music is is also something that uh, can can calm people at a time of yeah. of uh, where it's very uh, anxious. And and this past week we lost uh, one of the greats, oh, yeah. uh, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Bill Withers. Um, and you probably know him from. Uh, songs like lean on me or just the two of yeah. us with Grover Washington jr. Lovely day. Uh, ain't no sunshine. Um, Use me is a great song. And, and he has that kind of, he had that gravelly voice and, and kind of a conversational uh, singing style. Just uh, he was, he's been an inspiration for many of uh, the more modern, like John legend, uh, uh, just yeah. admires uh, Bill Withers and, and, uh, three-time Grammy award winner. And as I said, a member of the rock and roll roll hall of fame. So um, uh, that's, that's one way that you can, yeah. If you haven't heard uh, anything from Bill Withers, look it up on YouTube and, and, 
and uh, see if uh, give it a listen. And uh, music yeah. can be uh, can be very powerful and uh, and help you uh, to to be calm during this very difficult time. April is going to be a yeah. very difficult month. April is going to be a very difficult month for our friends in the U.S. for us here, Ontario and Quebec, BC as well. Really tough. Um, so it's going to take all of us pulling together and, and being strong and staying yeah. at home um, to get through all of this and uh, be patient, um, be calm, phone people that uh, or uh, text people or email people that uh, you haven't talked to in a long time, reach out to people and make sure uh, they're doing okay. And, and, um, and yeah, uh, turn to music. Yeah, I think music has been for me a bit of a, a bit of a safe haven from everything that's happening. Just to put on a pair of headphones and listen to some music for a little while, it's 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 something that I think, and, and even and playing music as well. And, and for those that know how to play music, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to learn piano again. But I mean, that's something that you can do as well. Just sort of just to to escape for a little bit and just try. And, and you know, obviously, you're not going to forget what's happening because it's it's too big to forget about, but yeah, just anything that you can do to sort of feel like you're being productive, I find has been a big help for me. And of course, do everything that you can do what, you know, Shea Weber recommended when we played that clip, stay home, wash your hands, follow the medical advice, social distance, do all of those things to the best of your abilities. Because, you know, I think there's only one way to get through this. And that is by coming together by, uh, well, coming together by staying apart. That's been something that's been said. I'm not going to say that that's, I, I've heard that somewhere. I just can't think of who said it, but coming together by staying apart. I think that is the, the best way forward for all of us. So uh, Rick, uh, thank you for another week joining me. And, and this week, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit better connection here on the Canadians connection podcast. Yeah. Glad to, uh, uh, you know, we had, uh, you love the MLB and, and, uh, uh, this week, uh, our starting picture, Joe Whalen, went all nine innings. Uh, all we nine. had uh, Amy Johnson warming up in the bullpen, but but yep. uh, she won't be used <laughs> this week. I should say, I should say, uh, with all seriousness, yes, there are we're we're having distractions. The other thing we're doing as a as an organization, as Rocket Sports, is uh, there's things that we do in the off season. Uh, to make our product better for you, our listeners. And we're really grateful to every single one of you who listen in, who read the articles, who visit the website, who interact with us, who send us texts. We love it. Um, so there's things that we do in the off season to, to improve uh, our content uh, and our product and some innovations. And that's already happened, happening. And, um, and so that when we get back, we're going to be ready to uh, deliver some, some new things to you and, and, uh, and maybe yep. in a new way. And, and so that's all happening right now. And, and uh, we're going to get back. Uh, Hockey is going to be back and our coverage is going to be even better when it does. That is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as, as I said earlier, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe 19 follow Rick at all Habs. Uh, you can follow at Habs connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, follow the, at the AHL report as well. Follow our friend, Amy Johnson at flyers rule. Uh, follow Chris at Chris G. Um, I, I, I don't have his. Do you know the ad off the top of your head? I'm sorry, I just didn't. Uh, I don't have that one in front of me. At Chris 1980, Chris and there's that Chris has yeah, as well. Has three six. Yeah, yeah. So follow Chris on Twitter as well. Follow the entire team because they're we're we're still putting out 
fantastic content and and they're well worth the follow the ahl report is you know they do fantastic work year-round following the laval rocket following the ahl and providing you with the information that you need to know about Habs prospects and young players coming up through the canadian system so rick for another week we will uh, say goodbye and uh and we'll be back next week at 1 p.m eastern that is 2 30 newfoundland time thank you for tuning into the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio for the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.